Stel dat eens hoort een paar jaar nooit. De poesig zegt dat Yeshua er acht nooit was in Itai. Dat hij nooit was left alone after the marble, just him and his family. So the Benishchai asks why the word ach noach, what's the extra word ach, only noach, well, obviously, if it was noach in his family, that's who it was. So he says that in the beginning of the parasha we find, Ayla told us noach, noach, twice the word noach. He says it's maramas on the fact that noach was maigen on his family and on the door, right? He was the tzaddik and it was in his schis, uh, and his merit that was watching over and helping the people in his generation as well as his family. But now that uh, the whole world, uh, you know, everyone else was wiped away in the marble, there was no one left. So it was just Vaishur Achnoi, he was only one time Noyach. He was Noyach for the people that were with him in the Taiva. And he says that that's why we find Bavru Mavini Lemushal, right? Avruam Avruam, the Ibisha called him twice Avruam or Moshe Moshe. And he said, it's Hashem's way of telling a tzaddik that I need you twice. I need you once to protect and be there for the people in your generation and once for your family, for those close to you. And Avruam and Moshe were able to do that. And Noach, after the Mabel, wasn't doing that anymore. He was just there for his family. Very often, uh, many of us want to be that kind of Noach, Noach, Avruam, Avruam, Moshe, Moshe. And it's beautiful when somebody could. When somebody could be there for their family, as well as other people, be there for the children and their spouse, as well as for people in the community, or people, or siblings, or other family members that are further away. It's wonderful. And very often, when somebody could, they should. You know, if somebody has the capability of being there for many people. But sometimes you have to choose. And sometimes we are in the position of Noach after the Mabel, and we don't have anymore that capability of being, being there for everyone. It's either family or other people. That's sometimes when it's important to choose. Um, I spoke about this many times in the past, about um, parents sticking up for children when it comes sometimes to a, a school or a yeshiva issue. And if you're not there for your child, nobody will be a parent has to be there for a child. So it's very nice to say, yeah, but there's other people that I have to have in mind, and it's true, you do have to have others in mind. You can't only think about yourself, but it's important to remember that when it comes to your family, you're the one that's there for them. And the same thing is when it comes to relationships, when you have to choose sometimes, and sometimes you don't have to, sometimes you couldn't, you are capable of doing both, but when you do have to choose between helping your um, sibling or neighbor or colleague um, as opposed to, or on the cheshben, you know, on, 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 at the expense of, of a relationship that is closer to home, that's when you sometimes you just have to be that very sure, ach, no, you have to just be there at least first for the people that are closest to you and the people that rely on you and the people that need you most, because those are the relationships that really count and that's really what we're here for. So with that, um, let, me, let me read a question. Um... Okay, hi everyone. I'm sure that you are very busy at this time. I shouldn't expect an email answer to my question, but I hope you can point me in the right direction. Okay, I don't remember what I responded by email. I assume I, I responded something. But here's the question. Let's try to address it in this public forum and see if more people could benefit from this. My, my husband and I had been, have been married for X amount of complicated years. And just recently had our second child. My, my husband sees my family as a bad influence which I could understand from his point of view, but I don't agree with. And he sees them as people that we should have boundaries and keep our distance from. He is very rational and does not understand what family means. One of the big arguments that I have, big arguments, is because of an aunt who was very close, had been living by my parents many years, has certain issues, which I'm not going to specify explicitly, and is in an inappropriate relationship. Let's suffice for that. I do understand how that's difficult for him to deal with, but it's not like she talks about it with any of the nephews and nieces, and she is a very good aunt, 
and this relationship that she's in doesn't affect anyone else. My family was never happy with it, but we learned eventually to accept her. My family is very close. We're different in our way of living, but very close, and it's very hard for me to hear my husband talk to my children. Now it's only two, and eventually Mitzvah will be a bigger family. And my husband, it's very hard for me to hear my husband bad-mouthing my family and telling my children that my family is not okay, and so on. Plus, he has um, issues of resistance with this aunt, you know, being too close with my children. And if she ever does get too close, he'll say something, etc. I hope you can point me in the right direction on a way to look at the situation and what to do, because I can't really talk or get advice from anyone on this. Thank you very much. Okay, so I obviously always change a few details as I, as I read a question. Anything identifying, just for whoever's uh, nervous that I didn't. But let, let, me, let me say this. I'll start with the last line. The last line was that I don't really have who to talk to or get advice from. And I, to me, that's always one of the most... Uh, one of the most, one of the key components here, right? Everyone has to have who to talk to. Everyone personally and every couple has to have who to turn to. Whether it's a mentor or a dastoyer or a rav or somebody, somebody you can turn to and talk to. And very often that's really the part that you can tell zakhan. Which means sometimes you have an issue between a husband and a wife, let's say, that you don't know how to go about it. You don't know. You don't know. He wants one thing, she wants another thing. What do we do? Who's allowed to put their foot down? Who's allowed to control the situation, who should, who should impose on the other one, maybe nobody should, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing, it really isn't an easy thing to figure out who's allowed to put their foot down, but one of the things that you could put your foot down sometimes is on, we need to ask someone, we need to ask someone, we have a rough, we have someone we trust, if we don't see eye to eye on something, we don't agree on something, we'll ask someone, it's okay, asking someone doesn't mean that it's always going to come out my way or your way, it means that we both understand that there's two people involved over here and we have to ask someone. Either because we disagree or just because we're looking for the right guidance and, and to know the truth and to know what's right. That's always, that's always very important. And I find very often that a lot of these kind of arguments that couples go through, the reason why it, it, it persists and the reason why it can't get resolved and the reason why nobody can be happy because you don't know who to, talk, who to turn to. So sometimes people say, well, when my husband doesn't agree to turn to someone and ask someone, or my wife won't agree to come with me to someone, that's a problem that you could, that you could put your foot down on. That's something you could say, listen, I don't know about this specific issue who's right or wrong. And I don't want to just put my foot down and say this is how it's going to be because that's what I decided because I'm very passionate about it or because I, to, to me it's very close to heart. But, but the fact that we don't have who to turn to, that's, that's, that's something I can't live with. I can't live and go on in a life and a relationship and a home and, and, and building a future without having someone that we could turn to and get guidance from. So that's something, that's, that's a very important point. Now, I hate debates. You know, sometimes I get a question about what do I do? I can give you some guidance. But when it turns into a debate of two sides, you know, he says this, or I say that, and often, often these kind of things, I, I, I'm not here to, to say who's right and wrong, first of all, ever, and I don't know if this question is coming from two people or from one, and if it's coming only from one, then you're not going to have anything from me telling me that you're right or wrong, but part of what's very important when it comes to any kind of conflict is, is for two people to acknowledge that there's always two sides of a story, which means there's always some merit and some truth to the different opinions when people aren't, aren't seeing eye to eye about something. Which means, for me to say that you're right, and family is stronger, and you have to learn acceptance, and you shouldn't badmouth the family, or to say that your husband's right, and you have to you know, keep a distance, and, and the influence, and everything, that's not going to get anyone anywhere. It's, it's more important for me to try to help both of you understand that there's probably some truth to what both of you are saying. And when people are ready to, to understand and acknowledge that maybe what my spouse is saying, or maybe what someone else that I'm not uh, agreeing with is saying, that there's something to it. It's not a hundred and zero. It's not black and white. 
automatically it becomes easier either to compromise or even to give in sometimes because, you know, I, even though I think I'm more right, but, you know, maybe someone else has a point. That's, that's also something very, um, you know, very important. And, and automatically when people are able to acknowledge another opinion and acknowledge the fact that maybe there's something to it, you get a little less passionate, a little less emotional, a little more logical about something. So that's also very, um, very important. One more thing that I, I will mention just to... to before I go into detail about the about the issue at hand, just to understand, there's there's two things over here. There's your relationship with this aunt, which is more a personal thing, which maybe your husband has a little less say in how close or how not close you could be with your aunt. Which, of course, I'm not saying that it's all it's only about your decision, but that's one thing. Then there's about how it affects your children. Very important to differentiate between two. Sometimes we see it all as one, and your husband sees his position as being able to tell you how much relationship you're supposed to have with your aunt. Sometimes you see it as, well, I'm allowed to have a relationship with her, so then I'm allowed to bring her to my home. Then she's allowed to have it with my children. Sometimes when you, when you split it up, it becomes a little easier to understand that, you know, this is our children, so we have to agree on this. And then it's my relationship with my aunt, so as long as it's not affecting anyone else, then really it should be more my decision. So when, when you take it apart, sometimes it just becomes easier for everyone to realize where they do or don't have a say in it. And, and slowly, you know, it doesn't just become, you know, one big paintbrush about we either cross her out or cross her in and... and and just understand the different parts of where this affects a decision. So let me try to explain what I meant before about the two sides of understanding this. Let's let's start with one side of it. There definitely is an issue, definitely is an issue of a bad influence when it comes to children. There's such a thing. Um, in general, you want to always protect your children from bad influence, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's influence just from the street, whether it's influence from a community, whether it's influence from a family member. There, there's such a thing. Sometimes when, when people are, have that uh, just all accepting and all inviting and judge everyone favorably attitude, it, it, does co- it does cost a price where children get affected and influenced the wrong way, you know, because they're seeing and hearing things and it looks like you're okay with it and, and, and it affects them in the, in the big picture. And very often when it comes to family, people do get a little blinded by the fact that, oh, but it's my brother, oh, it's my sister, oh, it's my aunt, it's my uncle, and, and it's not a problem and I know him, he's really a good person and I don't think my children will pick up on it. And, and sometimes the emotional connection that you have for family members will make you overlook a certain negative influence which is affecting your children, which you may have not done if it would only be a neighbor and you would say, listen, this is really not okay for my kids. But because it's family, it's not terrible. It could even be a grandparent sometimes. So it, there's something about um, definitely understanding that you know, the fact that it's close to home and the fact that it's family might just make you see something one way, but it doesn't mean that in reality it, it, it's really okay. I remember a situation, I'm not going to, I mentioned it in detail, but somebody had an issue. And uh, people felt that this person was involved in some inappropriate behavior. And some of this person's close family members were vouching and, and, and you know, being very passionate about the fact that it can't be that, that this person did such a thing, and we know him well, and, and you know, he's our family, and, and who, who, who would know better than family? And they were very um, clear and confident about the fact that it can't be this person did something wrong. And for some reason, and, and I remember this is a while back, for me, to me it was a little interesting to see people just disregard you know, this um, attitude that the family had. To me it was like, wow, look, that family is really confident about this person's innocence. And looking back, you know, that, that's what family is sometimes. I know sometimes it's the other way, but sometimes fam- family members are very confident about another family member's innocence and integrity and things like that. And when, you, when you step back and you look at the big picture, you say, you know, that's what family is, but maybe it's not really that way. So that's something that's very important to to acknowledge, to you it might look one way, a certain innocence, a certain acceptance, and, and to your husband, or in the real, or in the real world, or the way it might affect your, or the way it might affect your, um, 
your children. It could be something totally different. So it's just something to think about. Um, and unfortunately, people do, do look back sometimes and say, wow, you see, I see how that affected my kid, having a, a close relationship with a, a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, even a grandparent. I hear it later. So it's something you want to be careful about. You don't want to just say, yeah, we're different, but I accept, you could accept them today till tomorrow. And if it does affect your children um, negatively, then, then you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And I'll tell you even more than that, sometimes even when it's not so practical to keep a distance, the fact that it's an attitude. Sometimes your children pick up on an attitude. I see Tati, I see Mommy, you're not really okay with you know, this cousin. So even though we do meet by, by Hanukkah parties, and even though we do meet by the weekends, but I know I have to keep a distance. I know that it's not okay for me to repeat things that I heard or to imitate things that I've seen. But sometimes when you don't even have that attitude and your children just feel that everything's okay and then when it comes a while later and you see them getting influenced and you start challenging it, you know, what happened now? So that's um, something to think about. And this is the general idea. You know, in Yiddish it's called um, you have to be good to everyone, not with everyone. Sometimes you could be accepting and good to all family members and have a nice attitude and, 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 and not with everyone. Sometimes there are people that you do have to keep a distance from. So especially when it comes to children and the influence it can have on them, there is, some, there is something to think about. You can't just do away with it and say, well, we accept, and, and it's not terrible, right? Especially if the reason why you're feeling that way is, is just some emotional, subjective uh, feeling that, that's making you think that way. Now, on the other hand, let's, let's flip the coin. Blood is not water, and family is family. And very often when people either willingly or not willingly, but, you know, because they don't have a choice, are torn away from family, it, it always leaves certain hurt feelings and certain scars and certain difficulties. And, and making believe this is not family, or bad-mouthing family, and just looking the other way and saying, this is not for me, and I don't like them, I have nothing to do with them, it doesn't work. I was, I was reading lately that uh, Rubashkin book, and it's, it's interesting how he talks a few times about how people that are imprisoned you know, are being torn away from family. That's, that's like one of the biggest parts of, of the imprisonment. It's not just that somebody is locked up and they don't have a free life. They're torn away from the people that they're close with. And we think about it, that, that's, a person needs family. I've seen many people make the mistake, let's call it, of thinking that they'll be okay without family. And for a while, um, try to look away and, and, and not have anything to do with this family member, that family member. It, it doesn't work. You don't forget these things. You'll never feel, you, don't, you won't sleep calmly at night when you're, when you're not getting along with certain family members. Make them believe you cut them out of your life and not have anything to do with them. That doesn't work. I've seen people try it. I've seen people try to do it to their own family, and it doesn't work. They, they, they're not at peace with themselves. I know of a couple lately. He was very passionate about the fact that you know, her family is a good family. He married into a good family. But his family is a crazy family. He tried cutting them out of his life, his parents, his grandparents, everything. And it wasn't working. It wasn't working for him. It wasn't working for her. It was, you know, she wanted to have to do with her in-laws. She wanted her children to have to do with their grandparents. And he was... But at some point, it just hits you in the face and it's not, it, it doesn't work. And then children get older and you can't hide it from them because they know who their family is. And I've seen people do it the other way around. It's more, more common and more often when people say, well, my in-law's family is a crazy family. So I, I don't want my children to have to do with them. I don't want you to go to your parents. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, 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 for too many reasons, it doesn't work. Just recently, I was somewhat involved in somebody who actually met up with a family after 40 years of some kind of forced separation. It's 40 years later. 40 years, there was almost no connection for all these 40 years, and I'm talking about from way back when, when there was almost no relationship at all, and there's always something that's going to sit on your heart and irk you to, to get back close to that family member. And you see how passionate and how emotional people get when, after so many years, you get close all over again, because it doesn't feel good to be torn apart. So I'm not saying that, that there is that, that there isn't a time and place where 
because it's a bad influence, you sometimes have to keep a distance. But just to think that, okay, this, this, this family, this side of the family, all these family members, no good for me. It's not practical. It's not good. It's not healthy. And sometimes, when people think that they could, and even when they, even when they could, for whatever reason, they could not go from certain family members, and they make sure their children don't go to the chasna, don't join any events, or don't have anything to do with them, your children are going to get older one day. And the less honest you are with them, the less they're going to stick to what you taught them. You can tell your children for today till tomorrow that their grandparents are bad and crazy and, and off-limits, right? But eventually they're going to get older. And they're going to know that this, this is the grandparents. And when they become adults and they have a mind of their own, they're going to, they're going to think to themselves if it's true what you're telling them or not. And they might notice that, you know, so many people think highly of my grandfather. I don't know. Very interesting. I was told that he's crazy. And at some point, they're going to question what you taught them. And the less, the less true it was, and the less balanced it was, the more they're going to question it, and maybe one day make their own decision. So if you're not very careful about what you're teaching children, you know, that this, this parent, this person, this parent, this sibling, this cousin, is not bad, it's different than we do, and we try to do things the way we were taught, and what we believe in, and they're doing the best that they could do, and not always is it good to play with them, but we're going to be nice to them. If you teach them something that they could um, believe in, even when they get older, they won't have to question, that's fine. But if you think you're just going to impose on your kids something that, that's a, an emotional perspective, and it's not necessarily a true perspective, you could... Um, assume that as they get older, they're going to come to their own decisions about these things. That's just another thing to think about when you think you're just going to cut off. It doesn't cut off like that. I've seen many people try to impose on children these kind of you know, ideas and, and eventually they come up with their own ideas. Now, so that was just to understand the two sides of a story that's called. But now practically, let, let, me, let me start with this. If your husband, of the questioner, if your husband would be asking me, what do I do? I think that my wife's aunt, who's very close, almost like a sibling, is, is, is crazy and a bad influence on my kids. Oh, what should I do? I don't, I, don't want, I don't want her being near them. I don't want them talking to her. I might have told him something else. I might tell him to be a little more flexible, a little more understanding, a little more um, validating, discuss it in a balanced way, come up with something that works. And, and I often say this because I don't want people to use anything I answer this questioner against someone like that and say, well, you see, he told you you should uh, do this. No, the, everyone has to have their own advice and their own guidance. Um, but my advice is never to tell anyone what to tell their spouse. So I'm not going to tell you what you should be telling your husband. So I'm going to tell you what I think that is going to be helpful for you to understand. The first thing that I want to mention is never argue. So often people get into the arguments over what's right and wrong. But, but I believe it's right. But, but, but why should I say he's right if he's wrong? So often it's, it's totally irrelevant and not productive. And the whole um, debate turns into the family is normal, the family is crazy. The family is crazy, the family is normal. The family is normal, it doesn't make a difference. It makes no difference if your family is normal or crazy. It doesn't matter what normal or crazy even mean. It doesn't matter by whose um, yardstick you're measuring what, who, who's crazy and who's normal. Yeah, but if, but if they're normal, then we should visit. If they're not normal, oh, so you're discussing visiting. Okay, so maybe even agree that they're really not normal, but maybe we should still visit them. No, but if they're not... Very often people get stuck on the ideas about who's right and wrong, and they can't give up on a position that they took. And that's why the other person is getting more stuck in their position, because now it became a whole debate about who's right and wrong. Is your family normal or crazy? I'm going to have to prove they're crazy. I'm going to have to do whatever I do to protect my children from a crazy family because I see how normal you think they really are. Especially when you yourself are telling me that you understand where he's coming from, you understand that you know yourself that they're not really, you understand this point of view, and things like that. So that's, it's, it's, so, it's so important to understand where people go wrong with these kind of, I see it all the time, all the time. So often, a uh, uh, practical or technical disagreement that really does have implications that really should be ironed out is based on ideas that, that keep on being debated and discussed and it makes no difference. Sometimes it doesn't even pay to be so truthful. Sometimes you could even agree in theory with someone and tell them, you know, you're right. I, I think you're right. But 
Now we have to deal with the with the, with the practical. And you leave out the word but, that it doesn't sound like, because that's also something you mentioned, and I talk about this often. I understand his point of view, but I don't agree. If you understand his point of view, tell him how much you understand him. You understand his point of view about how unhealthy this person is. Now, let's please discuss what we do about this practically. Very often you see that this could really... Um, this could really help a lot of a lot of things get get ironed out. And I say it with kids also. You have a kid complaining that this teacher's crazy or going to school is useless, and people get stuck on debating the kid. No, your teacher's not crazy. If the teacher were crazy, why would he have the job? How come nobody else thinks he's crazy? Why do you think school is useless? It doesn't matter. It could be your teacher's crazy. What do we do now? I can't get a new teacher. It could be going to school is useless. Staying home is not really an option. I understand why you think that it doesn't pay to go to school. Nothing's going to happen if you agree with someone in theory. Again, till it, till it becomes. T- till it till it becomes practical, until it, until it's really relevant, who cares? Who cares what you think? And so often this is where people get stuck. And it's okay to have different opinions. It doesn't matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter what you think. Don't get so stuck on it. Especially when between me and you, um, you're both probably not a hundred percent right anyway. So that's that's something to think about. Now you happen to mention him as being very uh, a very rational thinker. And this is where I, I mentioned it in my book. People see people sometimes see other people as being very logical or too logical. It's all about logic. It's not about nothing emotional there. When you think about it, it's not, it's, not, it's not logic. This is emotion. It's interesting to see how somebody who doesn't understand the importance of family, which you know, to most people, it makes sense to, to need family, be close with family. And somebody who's challenging such an idea because in their philosophy and their logic, it doesn't make sense. It's not really coming from very rational thinking. I don't see that to be rational at all, by the way. It's coming from a certain emotional um, stubbornness about this is how I see it and this is how it's going to be and I'm not going to Agree with anyone that says otherwise. So sometimes what, what seems to be extremely rational or logical is just a stubbornness and a certain um, passion and a certain emotion that's really getting someone stuck to a certain idea. And the way they're expressing it is with an overload of logic and, and, and proofs and debates and things like that. Now, I don't know if that was very clear, but I've seen very many people um, make the mistake of seeing somebody's stubbornness or aggressiveness in a certain uh, area, a certain topic, as, as overly rational and it's, it's not really what it is. There's really a lot of personal feelings um, behind all those arguments and all those uh, disagreements. When you understand more of that and you're more understanding of someone else's position, you're more validating and you're more agreeing and you're more... Uh, you, you know how to make someone else feel less challenged by the disagreement, very often you'll see that a lot of that logic and a lot of that rational thinking you know, does fall away. So agreeing as much as you could without adding the but you know, to show where you really disagree is very often more productive. Um, and another thing that when you are discussing this that you, you don't see eye to eye about, it's, it's always better to discuss feelings than opinions. When you say, I understand you think like this, but I think like that, or I hold this way, or I hold that way, it's much, it's much more productive and you're much more, um, what's the word, much more, you have much more credibility when you say I feel than when I think or I hold. Right? My family is crazy. Okay, we could agree on that. I feel very strongly that Going and visiting or being there or having some connection is healthy or good or, or something I need. That's how I feel. And you, you're much more believed when you talk about your feelings. Nobody could disprove your feelings. Especially when you're agreeing in, in, in theory and logic. Now, after you agree with someone and you express how much um, you agree with them and you feel the same way that they do, and yet it's so important to you to have some kind of connection, that's when you could talk about something more practical. What do we do? I understand that you're right about X, Y, Z. I understand that it might not be such a great idea to have too close a relationship. I understand that it might not be a great idea you know, to trust this person entirely, you know, to watch over my children or to have too, too much an influence on them. 
On the other hand, I'm having it the other way to an extreme. It's not something I feel okay with. What, what can we do about this? When it boils down to really understanding someone and finding something that works and being very clear about the fact that you're, it's really hard for you to just um, not have any connection or just go all the way along with the way they want to do things and, and showing how much you'd appreciate coming up with some kind of middle ground or compromise because you do understand their position as well. That, that's very often something that will go over a lot better. And in general, accepting a compromise, accepting something that we can both feel good about is not a, is not a bedieven. Sometimes people look at these things like, okay, you know, I don't have a choice, I'm going to have to give in. It's not because you don't have a choice. You're two different people, you're allowed to have two different opinions, and, and you're sharing a decision when it comes to your children. And it's, it's okay, it's lechet chile, to come up with something that works for two people. And that's something people very often feel like, you know, I come out feeling like a loser, like I have to give in. Again, it's not, it's not all about you, and it's not only your children, and, and there's definitely two sides of seeing something, and, and different ways of feeling about it. And very often that's, um, you know, that, 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 that's really what's, 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 what's the right thing, the right attitude, the right way to go about this. Now, I want to mention again something I said in the beginning, when it comes to, you know, being noyach noyach, it's nice to be there for your family and to accept your family. It's nice to be there for your children and your spouse. When you do have to decide who comes first, very often, you know, very often your husband or your children do come before other people. So if it's a question of getting along with your husband or an aunt, your husband comes first. Yeah, that's true. It's not a question. People make that mistake often. Even when it comes to a parent and a spouse, you know, your spouse comes first. But most often when you do this right, and you understand the other person, and very nicely try to come up with something that works for both of you, and very nicely try to express how hurtful it is for you when he talks about your family a certain way, even though he might be right. I understand how you see it, and I agree that my family is maybe not the way it should be, and yet it's hurtful to me when you talk about it like that. I would appreciate if you don't tell the children this, and we could come up with a, a, something that works for both of us, a, a joint message that we could express to our children, that will give them the clarity of understanding uh, you know, certain boundaries or how to be careful, how to not get influenced. If we come up with that, I'll be so appreciative. Be very clear about how you feel without turning it into a debate or a fight. Very often these things go over so much better and then you could appreciate it and you could say thank you so much for doing this for me and, and, and for not saying things that, you know, that are hurtful to me. Again, it's about your feelings. You're not disagreeing with anyone and it just becomes so much easier. So I also want to end off once again with, with what I started off with, the first point. When you come up with someone to discuss this with, you're best off. It could be a rub, it could be anyone. You could, you could, and, and this can be in general, doesn't, and this is just one area in your relationship where it might look like a struggle, but in general, there's so many times, so many different things people get stuck on, people don't agree, or, you know, we understand each other, we both, let's try to, let's try to make believe at least, we both see the other person's opinion as well. We're both really not sure who's 100% right, we both might just be too passionate about this, or too emotional about this, there's definitely more than one way of seeing something, let's discuss it with someone. There's no winners and losers, We'll ask someone what's normal, what's healthy, what kind of relationship should we have with this aunt or uncle, what kind of relationship should we take and not have with them? How how much should I take into account the fact that you don't feel safe with this person? And how can we work around that? How much should you be taking into account the fact that it's really a family member and I'm not feeling okay with just cutting off? And we could at least try to give each other the feeling that there's no winners or losers. Now I know that with some people it doesn't work well, I know. With some people, if it doesn't go the way they want and, and the person that we asked didn't say exactly what they wanted to hear. That, you know, they throw a fit and they're not okay with it, but at least you have something to fall back on. At least you have someone to point to. At least you have an opinion to use. So with Hashem's help, um, it's nice to be that noyach noyach and be there for family members and community and friends and neighbors and your family, but sometimes you can't. And family does come first. And the influence that other people could have in your children and especially how it affects your children by is definitely something that comes number one. But if you could work it out nicely and take away a lot of the emotions and a lot of the, you know, the, the, the conflict involved, 
and just deal with the issue at hand in a very practical, very sensitive way, with Hashem's help, this and a lot of similar um, disagreements could be ironed out, and we could all live together, Bahava Ahav Shulam Barayas.